I don't know if, if this holds true for just women or men or both. I have no clue. But since when, like at what point during human existence did somebody determine that like Labor Day and then I'm assuming Memorial Day, like those are the two dates that dictate like what color and style clothes you can wear? Like why do fucking why do people care? Like you can't wear white after Labor Day. Oh yeah, I've heard that before. So does that mean like you can't wear black after Memorial Day? The universe has many horrors yet to throw at us. This is not the end of our struggle. This is just the beginning of our crusade to save humanity. In the grim darkness of the 41st millennium, there is only war. There is only dice and pipes. All right, welcome back, Dyson Pipes, Warhammer Edition, Wrath and Glory. Big hello to everybody out there. We have a uh, very exciting show today. Why are you looking at me like that? It's just a unique top of the morning to you. Hey, top of the morning to you. We were drinking Irish whiskey last week, so maybe that's why. It's like it's still coursing through my veins. I'm very excited. I think we have a great, great show today. Action-packed. Excellent gameplay. We're still working on this giveaway. I am. I don't know what I'm happier for. The fact that somebody is going to be the proud owner of a fresh tin of The Haunting, which is a new uh, collaboration between a uh, kind of a boutique cigar maker and Cornell and Deal. Um, maybe it's because they're going to get a handwritten note or map or drawing from you, Brian. Um, or it could be the fact that I'm finally going to get rid of this creme brulee aromatic tobacco. I'm just dying for somebody to leave us a five on the Apple. Anybody. At this point, anybody. Leave a five. Talk shit about us in the in, in the text. And you will be entered into the drawing. Shoot us an email at DysonPipes at gmail.com, which is one thing. I don't think we pitched that on the... Uh, no. We skipped that. For weeks. We <laughs> somebody, will, somebody will figure it out. Fuck. We'll get that. You should drink for that. No. Y- you didn't point it out we on the D&D we, episode. We can't go back in time. We don't have the we don't have the flux capacitor. Didn't Eddie Money sing a song? Two, back in I can't time? Get, I can't generate the two point two one gigawatts. <laughs> well, we're here for you, the listener, you fellow whiskey dicks out there. I I again want to point out who was a grateful dog. I just want to thank him again. Um, that Jameson Irish whiskey, Caskmate Stout Edition, was fantastic. I. Would love for any other uh, listener or what subreddit follower or anybody who participates in the subreddit, if they want to give us any other ideas, um, we're more than happy to send Michael J. Fish out. He'll go ahead and uh, <clears throat> and pick up some uh, some new alcohol for us to uh, partake in. Same thing goes for Clyde. If you have ideas of what you want us to smoke, if we haven't smoked it yet and you're interested in our fucked up opinion on what tobaccos are, uh, feel free. Suggest it. You can, again, uh, shoot us an email at Dice and Pipes. At gmail.com. Brian, how are you? I am feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm spry. I'm ready to go. You're uh, spry. I'm, feel, I'm feeling... F- You're what? Fuck. You are on top of my shit. I am like a fucking language hawk. 
on uh, Dyson Pipes Warhammer Edition. Anytime you ah. fuck up a word, you find yourself in a roll-to-drink situation today, like every day. You're rolling seven dice with a DN of eight, as always. I don't know why you don't have your dice prepared. We do this every week. Seven with a DN of eight. Mm, one, mm, two, and three, four, five, six, seven dice, and he felt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. Uh, while Brian is slugging down that alcohol, uh, I have become a huge fan, huge, of the Ardbeg. Huge. It's hard bag. I almost feel like every single time we, we start to, I don't know if this is like the alcohol talking, like we start to get drunk and then like I fall in love with the new alcohol every single time. But this art bag is, it, it's almost overtaking monkey shoulder. No. Almost. I, you know what? I would put monkey shoulder as one. That is still my favorite. And I hate to call it a budget scotch. But if I say like, if we're going like sub $50 scotch, I would say Monkey Shoulder is number one, and Ardbeg, which can be found for around fifty dollars, um, Ardbeg would be number two. Wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm a big fan. Um, and I don't know why I do the taste. It's like very heavy, and usually I'm not into heavy. I like sweeter or more like relaxed whiskeys. Um, yeah, but there's something about this flavor, and. It just makes me happy to pair it with either like a Balkan or an English. It it really goes hand in hand nicely with the tobacco, and I think that's really what's moving it up my uh, my ladder. It's it's it's. Is its pairing capabilities? What's wrong? Well, I'm kind of upset. You know, I, I I'm really starting to find myself on the fence with Barry. I, I like the guy. He's a good guy. Like, you talk to him, like, off air. I mean, we never talk to him on air. But, like, when you have a conversation with him off air, like, he, he's he's cool. You know, he's a guy that I would go to the bar and I would get a drink with. Like, he, he, he's cool. You know, I would invite him and his wife over to my house and have dinner along with my wife. Um, but you don't. But I don't. Because of <laughs> shit like that. Where he just walks by and doesn't even, like, I think he purposely walks by and looks the other way. It's and like, he hey, guys, he I'm stopped. here. But I don't give a fuck about you. He approached the the threshold of the west cabin, stopped, looked the other way, and then when he heard us stop talking, he just moseyed along. Kept him moving. Let me ask you this. This is now episode what? 50? 45? 19. No, this is week 19. Oh, yeah. So around episode 40 or so, 38, some shit like that. Has he ever stepped foot in here? Yes, when you hit him in the eyeball with the <laughs> with the pipe stand. <laughs> that was his first and last time. And it's funny. Maybe that's why he doesn't look at us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you would think, like, as the producer, like, we're in here, we're having a good time, we're drinking, we're smoking. Like, wouldn't you want to come in here and maybe have a drink with us? Sure. No, nah, not him. Not him. As a matter of fact, it, it, nobody does. We're on like an island yeah, all by we, ourselves. we have no friends. I think that's really what it is. We have a one-on-one campaign. We do a one-on-one podcast. We have we have no friends. That's pretty sad. I'm I'm stared at by a fucking cockeyed stag. 
<laughs> it's a very a, weird place. A, a fucking producer who doesn't even want to look at me. What are you going to do? At, 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 whatever. Anyway, um, I am. I just got to get right into it because I'm, I'm nervous now. I'm, I'm starting to sweat. It's like 40 degrees outside, but I'm sweating. Why is that? I don't know. You don't even have the heater on. No, I do. Oh, I you think, do? Yeah, I think that's, that's what it is. It's right in my balls. My balls are becoming very itchy. Yeah, that's probably why you're sweating. Well, but again, you know, I, I don't, I cannot, I cannot be held down by the people that tell me what I should be wearing and what I should not be wearing based on the seasons. Okay. Right? It's 40 degrees out. If I want to wear shorts, I should be able to wear shorts, right? Right. In the dead of winter, if you want to wear nothing but a hoodie and champion shorts, what's wrong with that? That's on you. I, I could even wear boots with that. Yes. You know, tube socks, no socks. I don't see why I should be judged. Right? Who the fuck should judge me? You know, there was a proverb in the Bible. Oh, this comes from the Bible. Yes. Proverbs Let, from the Bible. Whatever. Yeah, whatever yeah. you want to call it. A story. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. An anecdote. Oh, very good. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. That's what I say. Well, Jesus, but also me. Okay. I'm not casting any stones. No, but people are apparently casting stones at you. Well, at all of us in general, by declaring what should and should not be worn at particular times during the year. I, I just have a problem with that. Okay. Right? They're fucking clothes. It, do you want me to walk around naked? How about that? I'll Ooh. just walk around naked. Leggings. Meggings. I'll just wear flesh-colored meggings. Yeah. And no shirt. Just, you'll think I'm totally naked and I'm a eunuch. You know? <laughs> be very, very bizarre mental imagery when I'm walking through Walmart. Yeah. Actually, going through Walmart, I'll be welcomed. You probably would be. There must be some subterranean Walmart family. Like some, some group that you're part of. Chud. It's like Chud. Yes. Anyway. Um... So again, I had mentioned Ardbeg quickly becoming one of my favorite, uh, not just, I shouldn't say wait, wait, whiskeys wait, wait, in general. Wait, wait, wait. What? what was that fucking weird segue? I thought we were going to the toast. No, no, no. I can't get to the toast yet. We have to talk about what we're smoking and drinking, and then we'll, we're going to come back. We're going to we're going to bring the, the truck all the way around on this one. It, it's already come around once. Well, we're going to make two passes, brother. I'm oh. fucking half drunk already. Okay. All Sorry. Right? Got we're, we're, we're going for two laps. Proceed. We're like, what was that? Uh, what was that fucking movie with Chevy Chase? Um... National Lampoons, the funny uh, farm. Well, not funny farm. No, 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 no. When, when they're going around the, the roundabout with Uncle Ben or Big Ben, not Uncle Ben. <laughs> I'm talking about rice here. European vacation. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. That, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to hit the roundabout for a couple more times. Or maybe we're going to end up at Wally World and it's closed. And then I have to get a fake ID and my name is Nick Papa Giorgio of Yuma. I have no idea. Where, where are that, we right now? That was from whatever. Anyway, I am drinking Ardbeg, in case anybody gives a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like nobody really does. <coughs> but I've got Ardbeg. I'm still smoking my Rossi author with a little Magnum Opus. How are you liking English. that Magnum Opus? I enjoy it. It's subtle, but it's strong enough. Obviously, it's in English. Um, it is... Uh, Nightcap is still my my number one English at this point, um, but it, dude, it's up there. It's tasty. You're gonna have to try this. It's very good. You're you're a big English and Balkan guy. Yeah, you'll have to uh, you'll have to give this one a run. How about you? What are you drinking? What are you smoking? Uh, what do yeah, we got? let me see. I'll actually try it right now. 
I finished off this. Uh, I got. Yep. I will. I will be trying the magnum opus momentarily. What are you drinking? You're drinking screwball, aren't you? Yep. Really? I'm a glutton for punishment. What can I say? You just like to torture yourself. Yeah. Well, because I really like it. But what, why do you think the need? Like, I don't understand what the draw is. Why would you? Why would you do screwball with a K and not a C? To be, I don't know why. Why? It's just it's fucking with my brain. Sorry, it's quite alright. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, here's the deal. Yeah, I'm trying to rapidly get through this bottle of screwball so I can read what's on the label on the back. I can read about three lines of it. Look, I'm half drunk. I know how to read the back of labels. All right, here you go. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> okay, here's what it says. Did you proofread it? No, I'm trying to see if I can read. I can't read all... I might have a hard time reading all the way to the bottom. That's all right. We'll get through it. Um, because, of course, they have to put the government label on here. And by the way, this does contain peanuts, in case anybody was wondering. Um, but they do give you uh, the website, screwballwhiskey.com, and that's with a K. And then they tell you the uh, the phonetic spelling, which is S-K-R-O-O-B-O with some fucking weird line over it, L, screwball. Screwball, noun. <clears throat> there we go. An individual who is not afraid to stray from the cliche things in life. A black sheep. One who has the courage to stand alone, but rarely does, because their unique spirit attracts an open-minded crew with a K. I want to throw this out the fucking window. Screwballs live life like no one is watching, and fun follows them wherever they go. Just like me. That epitomizes you. You are a screwball. What do you think? I like it. Yeah, it's good, right? It's like, it's subtle. It's not like overbearing. Like, I feel like some Englishes are like really fucking like heavy. Yeah, I, I don't want to use the word thick. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, uh, like, I feel like sometimes you get like a real mouthful. Yeah. You know, of like that, like heavy tobacco it's flavor. Airy. Yeah. It's definitely more airy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't think that that's really going to go too well with Screwball. Nothing goes well with Screwball. No. Sorrow and misery. <laughs> that, that's what goes well with Screwball. Well, like always, we have some excellent gameplay for you. Amazing. This might be the pinnacle of our show right here. This is like where we really hit the top. Yeah. You know? But first, I have to make a toast. Oh. I have a big problem. Okay. I have a very big problem. And I would like people out there to raise your glasses because today on the uh, Dyson Pipes Warhammer edition, I am toasting. I, I, I know we're in fall. And, and I know it would be, after reading the back of this bottle, it would be cliche to wear such a thing. 
Trite, perhaps. Trite, yes, yes, yes. But I'm toasting to flip-flops. And the fucking obnoxious noise that they make when you walk in them. Look, there is a need for flip-flops. I get it. You go to the beach. You don't want to get sand and shit, like, in your shoes. That That's one of the most annoying things I've found. Um, sand I live, in general is annoying. You think? Yeah. I, I don't have such a hard time with sand. Like, I lived on the Jersey Shore. I've surfed. Um, I played volleyball. You know, I enjoy the sand, unless it's, like, overbearingly hot, and it, like, blisters your feet. Like, th- then I have an issue with the sand, because it, it does, even though it's light, it does absorb the heat from the sun. It does, it gets fucking burning hot. Or you could end up walking on tech tights. Tech tights? What the fuck are tech tights? Tech tights are the little jumping spider monsters from Legend of Zelda, but they're also a series of glassy bodies formed by meteor strikes in the sand. Did you hit your head this morning? No, why? I, I'm just curious to know as to like where that came from. The knowledge. You just have common knowledge of... Tech tights? Tech tights. T E K T I T E S. Tech tights. So obviously the the first definition of them that's ruled out because I don't think the Legend of Zelda exists at Belmore. But they are they're they're formed by meteor strikes. Yes, hold on. Tektites are gravel-sized bodies composed of black, green, brown, or gray natural glass formed from terrestrial debris ejected during meteorite impacts. The term was coined by Austrian geologist Franz Edward Suess, son of Edward Suess. They generally range in size from millimeters to centimeters. Millimeter-scale tektites are known as microtektites. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. That's fascinating. And and you find these on, on beaches. They were where there's sand. That's what they look like. Okay. Let me explain something to you. Looks like a couple of mother choders. We look like a couple of motor chodes. <laughs> um, I'm just going to put this out there. <laughs> I have spent countless hours countless hours at the beach. I've never come across those. Have you ever been looking? Well, now I need to go back to the beach and look. A man who stands on a cliff with his mouth open will wait a long time for a roast duck to fall in. You shut your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I've never seen them. I'm now going to go and take a look at the Jersey Shore and see if I find tech tights. Tech tights. Anyway, this is not the reason why like flip-flops were invented. People were not wearing flip-flops at the beach to prevent themselves from stepping on tectites, which could potentially cause them harm, damage the sole of their foot. That is not the reason for it. People don't even just wear flip-flops at the beach. They wear them to the mall. Mm -hmm. They wear them to work. They'll just wear them for a casual walk down the street, and there is nothing more infuriating than the horrendous sound of the back end of the flip-flop slapping against the bottom of your fat fucking feet as you walk down the block. Did you know that they were originally created by the ancient Egyptians in 4000 BC? 
So flip-flops were created by ancient Egyptians. Yes. It's the oldest known pair of footwear that's on display at the British Museum. So it looks like a block of wood with hemp. Yes. That's all it is. But I bet you they make that. I'm, I'm sure they do. Which is an infuriating sound. What is happening? Are you looking for flip-flop sound effects? Yep. Because I want everybody out there to understand how fucking horrible they sound. No, this is some... Fat fucking cankle woman. Excuse me. That was a horrible one. <laughs> Al Bundy. She had footsteps and flip-flops. Okay. All right, I'm done. YouTube. Unfucking believable Look, everybody out there. No, it's that that slapping oh, sound. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, we're, it is beyond inferior. You tell me one person out there that has not who can't recall that fucking sound and thinks, no, 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 I'm totally fine with that. I, I'm, I'm going to throw my headphones out the fucking window in a second. It is infuriating. Why Why can't you put a strap on the back that holds like the, the bottom? Well, that makes them from flip-flops to sandals. So wear sandals. Well, yeah, but then your feet can get sweaty. Get sweaty? They're open. It's airy. Oh, yeah, but you're, you're constricting nature's way. So nature devised flip-flops, not the Egyptians. Nature gave us what we needed to make the flip-flops. Okay, nature also gave us what we needed to make heroin. <laughs> okay, that doesn't mean that you go ahead and, and make it. I feel like you're defending the, no, uh, no, no, the no, flip-flops I, I, and the sound that they make. Um, I do own a pair of flip-flops. So you're um, one of those people. But mine are... What are they made out of? They're like a canvas. So they don't make it, they're, they're silent flip-flops. They're good for stealth operations. Oh, you have stealth flip-flops. So you, you have you have. They're designed in Area 51. <laughs> they, they issue these to like SOCOM units. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that's what you have. Let me ask you a question. What is more infuriating, the sound that flip-flops make or the fact that some people wear flip-flops with socks? How do you wear... You, no, you wear sandals with socks. No, I've seen people wear flip-flops with socks. <laughs> they, like, wedge the... Yes. The, the, the... Yeah, the thong, as they call it. I was trying to avoid saying No, no, that. no, it's called a thong. Let's just... Let's throw it all out there and be disgusted. Everybody should be disgusted by this fucking horrible invention. So they take the rigid string thong? piece, the thong, as you call it. Yes. And they smush it in between their big toe and their middle toe. Yeah, with the with sock the on. With the sock wedged. This got to be so uncomfortable. Yes. But there are even sandals that have um, like that thong piece. And you'll still see people wearing socks. So I don't know what's like more, like obviously from like an audio point of view, <coughs> no socks and a flip-flop, that sound is infuriating. But from a visual standard, looking at people who wear flip-flops or sandals with socks on drives me fucking crazy. Put put sneakers on. Yeah. You know? Like, you're not doing anything for your feet. Like, you said it's like a breathing issue. Like, you're, you're, it's more breathable for your feet. Yeah, not with socks. Where that you, defeats the whole purpose. So where are you at with Crocs? You know what infuriates me about Crocs? 
that they have this like little strap on the back, right? That you can push to the forward part of the shoe and wear them as like like a slippers, f- like slippers. And, and and that that first of all, I don't like Crocs. I don't own a pair. I don't think I ever will. Do you own a pair? No. You're not a Crocs kind of guy. No, nobody in my house owns Crocs. A lot of nurses wear Crocs. I wonder why that is. I don't know. Are they comfortable? My son has a pair. Does he say that they're comfortable? Well, yeah, but his are like furry on the inside. He has like winter Crocs. He has winter Crocs. (laughs) But don't they have the holes in the front? Yeah. So how are they furry with holes? I don't know. That defeats Uh, the whole purpose of them. You know, flip-flops, they are irritating, but the most irritating footwear for me, they were really popular maybe like five, six years ago. Those rubber shoes that have the individual toes cut out into them. Oh, my God. Like Skella feet, I think they were called, or some shit no, like I that. I know what you're talking about. I don't remember what they were called, yeah. but yeah. They, they're like, um, even socks that are like that. Yeah. Like individually toed socks. It, it, it's crazy. Like, that's something that I feel like some douchey minimalist came up with, where he felt as though, like, it, it had something to do with, like, running throughout the mountains barefoot. Right. That they're, they're running footwear. Yes. They're horrendous. They're horrendous. And for like a winter type scenario, like I always look at socks, right? Like socks are great. Um, you know, when it's cold outside, it keeps your feet warm. Um, and socks are the equivalent of mittens, right? Mittens are great to keep you. You're not as dexterous with mittens, but mittens are good because it, it allows you to have the heat that's generated from each individual finger to navigate to the other fingers and keep your entire hand warm. When you wear gloves that have individual finger wrappings, your hands get colder, but you're more nimble and dexterous. Like, you don't need to be nimble and dexterous with your toes unless you're a fucking monkey or you're filming some Pornhub (laughs) foot fetish video. Right. You know? Like, nobody needs that. So I don't understand the need to have individual toes... On a sneaker. So you you will only wear flip-flops on the beach, or you won't wear them at all? Because I'm, I'm a big fan I won't of wear. like old slip-on sneakers that have been tied for decades yes. that I just slip on. Yes. I'll go no socks with those, and when I get to the sand, I pull the, so- uh, the shoes off and walk in the sand in my bare feet. Yeah. I find no need. No, me neither. Unless it's a high population of tectites. And and which beach would you find these at? The beach is where lots of meteors have struck. Exactly. I go to the beach, and I haven't been in a while, but when I go to the beach, I do not bring separate footwear attire to put on my feet. So then that way, once I get to the sand, I then flip to this flip-flop. And then flip to the flop. The flip to the flip, to flip, don't stop. Exactly. Those are like rest of the hips. The hop. The hip, the the hip, don't stop. I don't find myself in a situation where I'm putting flip-flops on. So do you you own a pair? I do own a pair. Oh. And the only way that I use those is if I get up like in the middle of the night or early in the morning and I don't have fucking socks on, and I have to take my dog out. Okay. And that, that is the only time that I wear those. It's just to take the dog out. But I, I will purposely walk like a fucking jerk off as to not make the, the slap sound. 
So now, I'll drag my feet. If any of my neighbors see me, they probably think that like I'm on like like I was snorting Ketaset all night. Right. Now where are you at with the footwear that's a flat like a flip flop, but then it's got the the one fat strap that goes over the top of your foot, like the Nike or Adidas. Yeah, but those are like shower shoes. Okay. Like I view those as like shower shoes. Like if I'm going to take a shower, like at work, right? The bathrooms are horrendous. <laughs> Like, I would much rather inject myself directly with syphilis than step foot in the shower, barefoot, right? That has to be, like, one of the most horrendous fucking places to try to take a shower. But if I was forced to take a shower, I have shower, I consider those shower shoes, and I would put those on. Would I wear those as, like, everyday attire? Nah, not me. But I'm also the guy that shops at Pottery Barn, right? So, I mean, why would I... Why would don't, I wear something like that? Don't don't be like that. I'm just putting it out there. Um, I don't think I've ever seen you in anything other than sneakers. Sneakers and boots. I don't think I've ever seen you in shorts. No, I don't wear shorts to work. I don't think I've ever seen you in shorts, period. I've been to a, a, a few no, barbecues at your house, and I don't think I've ever seen you in shorts. I've worn shorts here. Yeah? Yep. With boots and tube socks up to my knees. <laughs> With the two colored bands on the top Hell of the side? Hell yes. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Look, I have to stay away from the sun. The sun is my enemy. I hear you. I'm very pale. Very, very pale. I get very crispy. I'm trying to think of other footwear that is notable. Now, women, ah. I'm all for like women wearing sandals. You know? Mm. See, here's where we start getting into dangerous territory. You know what I fucking hate? I probably have equal amount of hatred for these that you do of flip flops, and those are the the shoes that ladies wear. They're like flat bottomed, okay, with the straps on the top, but then the back is a solid piece that comes up to like the back of their knee with the string straps Can't going down their that. shins. They look like uh, like Leonidas's three hundred. Yes, if uh, let me let me paint the picture. Um, my wife and I are going out to a beautiful dinner. Ah, okay, yes. I decided it's our twentieth wedding anniversary. She has a beautiful black dress on. I'm wearing a suit, tie, you know. I just bought it at the mall. I'm very well put together. Having a nice pair of shoes. We're getting dressed. She's putting on her jewelry. And then I see her slip into her shoes for the evening. And they are open foot, sandal-like flip-flops with the strap that goes up to about her knee that covers up her calf area and ankle but leaves her foot open. I'm going to say, babe, you lead the way. And as soon as she gets to the stairs, I'm kicking her down. The- <laughs> We're spending our anniversary in the hospital. <laughs> no, my wife does not own those because she's not a douchebag. You know, I don't like those. And, and I almost feel like that's now people just trying to be cute. Like now they're just trying to reinvent something right. just to reinvent something, you know, and, and it's fucking aggravating. You know, sandals and flip-flops should be abolished. Now, what about high-heeled flip-flops? I don't get it. What is that? High-heeled flip-flops? Yeah. That's impossible. No, it's a flip-flop, but the heel is like a wedge. Oh, it's like a platform flip-flop? My daughter has those. I don't even understand the concept behind that. Neither do I. How do you keep your foot in it? Listen, I feel bad for women because women have been put in a situation where they're forced to wear the stupidest shit sometimes. You know? Like, the stupidest shit. Like, I understand that... Like, naturally, women are shorter than men, which is why they wear heels to kind of, like, bring themselves back up. But, like, when you start to put them in in a position where they're wearing stuff that is just outright uncomfortable, like, yeah. I, I think that's unfair. Well, think about, like, remember their shoes back in, like, the 80s? Like, their high-heeled shoes where, like, the toes would come to, like, that, like, 
triangular point. Yes. And the heel was like this long, but it was bone thin. Right. Like, how are you supposed to walk on that? Especially after a couple of drinks. Yeah. You know, now that puts the onus on us. Like, I don't want to fucking carry you. Right. You know? And then they wear that, and then they, all of a sudden now their their legs hurt. They don't want to vacuum. But, and that's my point. And now we come to the real problem. You know? Like, fucking know your place. Look, China had it right when they started binding women's feet. And why we got away from that in the first place is beyond me. Have you ever heard of a bonsai kitten? Excuse me? A bonsai kitten. Nope. I think it's fake. I think they came out and found out that it was a joke. Uh, a bonsai kitten. So they would allegedly mm-hmm. uh, take kittens when they were born. Yeah, here we go. And put them in jars. Stop it. And keep them alive. Okay. Nah, stop it. That that's fake. How would you keep it alive? I don't know. Well, here you go. Here's a here's a set of three bonsai kittens. Come on. <laughs> bonsai kittens. And and they're supposed to be excuse me, they're supposed to be live cats. Yeah, here's a bonsai kitten who fucking got into the pretzel jar. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Look, I know the Japanese do shit like that with, like, alcohol and snakes. But I don't know about any of this fucking cat shit. You know? Well, it's like they bind the ladies' feet and then they make bonsai kittens. I don't think they... They got it fucking figured out over there. I don't think they go hands in hand. This is why God always kills them with typhoons. <laughs> Natural selection. Yes. That's what it is. All right, well... I guarantee you that you will never find fucking Harrison or Bannon wearing flip-flops. What about boots? I think boots would enjoy a nice pair of flip-flops. No, he wears fucking boots. That's true, his name. His name is fucking boots. And if you ever introduce a character named Flippity Floppy, I'm <laughs> fucking killing him right out of the gate. So I hope he wasn't. The fun part about doing this show is all these toasts that we do and seeing the things that really get you going. Yeah, yeah. Gives me a lot oh, of good, good, lot good. fodder. Thank you. Thank you. All right, well, stay tuned. We'll be back. Warning. The following gameplay includes scenes of extreme violence and gore. Listener discretion is advised. You are awakened by the sound of your Voxcaster going off. When you open your eyes, you see, not ghost, but boots standing there, kind of shaking you, trying to get you to come to. All right, so I just kind of shake my head, and um, I look at boots. I'm like, what happened? Well, I got the power off, but we got big problems. You okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look like shit. Yeah, not, not good. And I look, you said my Voxcaster is going off? I say, hold on, Boots. And I activate the Voxcaster. Bannon, what the hell is going on down there? I don't know. A ghost. My equipment indicates there was a surge in warp activity. It's ghost. I, I've never seen anything like it before. He was levitating. Lightning. He's a witch. Fire. 
He knocked me unconscious. We managed to get the power off, but I think we have a bigger problem. And I look to Boots, and I'm like, what, what is it? Uh, so when that fancy fellow left, um, he may have left us a gift. What's this? Well, all them dead fellas, um, yeah, they ain't dead no more. Say that again? Uh, there, There's like 60 dead motherfuckers downstairs trying to get up here in a bad kind of way. Is that ship still outside? No. Uh, I go back into the Voxcaster. I say, Lord Inquisitor, we're going to need an extraction. Very well. There was a ship that entered suborbit some time ago. It appears that was Ghost. I understand. I'll begin the extraction rituals shortly. Are uh, these coordinates where you currently are? Yeah, we're gonna hold up here and try to defend ourselves until you're able to get us out. All right, so I look to uh, I look to Boots. Um, did did you come across any corpses on your way up to the roof? No, most of them are downstairs. Sixty bodies. All right, let's just try to hold up here. There was one door leading into this room. Like, what's the layout here? So I so, picture there's like this catwalk that kind of goes around the exterior. Yeah. And what, there was a stairwell that led up, and that's the same stairwell that you have to use to get up to the roof? No, uh, there's some ladder somewhere that Boots found to get to the roof. Okay. This is like the top floor, so he found some kind of access panel somewhere. Okay, okay. All right, so uh, I again, I looked at Boots, and I said, look, we should defend this position, and if we become overwhelmed, we'll just make our way over to uh, whatever access panel you found to get up to the roof, and then we'll just... Hopefully we get extracted from the rooftop. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. So we get to the roof. We seal the door as best we can. You are going to roll 1d6 Shit. to see how many quote-unquote rounds it's going to take for your transport ship to get here. Three. Okay. Three rounds. I am going to roll three sixes every success some of these pox walkers are going to get through okay uh you currently have one wound and no shock okay so you're still exhausted right right here we go i'm just gonna shoot like from under boots like between his legs <laughs> it can be in the front all right and that's a one. Ooh. Round two, one. Two rounds to go. So the door is holding strong. That is a success. The door is broken. Three pox walkers break their way through before uh, you're able to get it closed again. And you go first. I will fire. They're a mob? Yes. What do I need? Three. On the nose. I have three successes. All right. So it's going to be uh, the starting difficulty is the, uh, how many did you, how many successes did you roll? Only three. Oh, only three. Okay, yeah, yeah. So only one of them is going to go down. Okay. 12 points. Okay. So the first one goes down. We're going to break this into two guys. Uh, Boots charges in and takes out one of them. There's one left. 
and he is coming after you and fails miserably. Oh, thank God. You're up. I will shoot into the remaining guy. Uh, still three, correct? All right, so I can shift one. Oh, wait, this guy is... I have to re-roll that. Why? Because he's in melee range? I would say he's like four or five meters away. So that's still close range with my bolt gun? As long as it's not within, I think, one meter is melee range, right? Yeah, knife. Yeah, one meter from melee range. Okay. Nice. Right, so then I get 14. Okay. He's down. And last round yes. before the ship. And that's a failure. So the door holds. This transport ship comes in. Yeah, so we'll uh, scale the ladder and make our way up to the roof. Okay. And you're getting into the ship? Yes. Boots is coming with you? Yeah. You're leaving him as pox food? No, 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 no. I wouldn't do that, Tim. Like that scene in Walking Dead, right? Where uh, yeah. Shane shoots that guy in the leg. Right? It was Shane. Shoots yeah. him in the leg and <laughs> leaves him for fucking bait. Uh, no, no, no. We're both going up the ladder. All right. And uh, you climb into this transport ship and it is away. I just kind of take a deep breath of relief. Momentary relief. <laughs> uh, so after uh, a couple hours, it is uh, into suborbit. And if you strain your eyes real hard in the blackness of space, you can see the outline of the inquisitorial black ship Starhammer. There are no lights on it. There's no ambient glow. It is like a shadow in outer space. It is easily eight kilometers long. Eight? Uh, it's almost like its own city. Uh, near the bridge or the primary area of the ship, it almost looks like an old Gothic cathedral. Again, kind of hard to make out, but there's gargoyles hanging on it. Uh, lots of stained glass windows, tall, jagged steeples, and a loading dock that opens up as this transport ship pulls in. And you are in rough shape on the left upper part of your chest, like near your pectoral muscle, uh, is now permanently disfigured and scarred uh, like Freddy Krueger's face from where the molten beam hit you. Ah, you found it. You think the switch from blue to black ink is going to drive you crazy? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to wonder in like a drunken stupor, like why the black ink in the middle of the bed? <laughs> okay. Uh, waiting for you at the loading dock when your transport ship lands are several servitors, uh, a bunch of servo skulls, uh, a couple of tech priests. There's a whole staff here. Um, I'm not sure if you're under the impression that the, it was just the Inquisitor in this like empty ship, but there's people everywhere. Okay. And uh, they put you on like a gurney, and they whisk you away, uh, and you will spend the next three days in uh, like a healing chamber, uh, repairing yourself so you can give all your wounds and your shock back. Okay. When you are healed, you are summoned out of your healing tank. And uh, there's this kind of gangly-looking uh, tech priest. Very old. 
his machinery is kind of rusted. Like he, he looks like uh, the tech priest version of seen some shit. Mm. And uh, he, he tells you, The Inquisitor's ready for you. Thank you. Uh, Where do I go? He leads you through a series of corridors, and there's certain points in this ship that if you were to look out, it is actually, in, in essence, a functioning city. There's shops, um, there's restaurants. You don't have to pay for food, but it's places like, like cantinas where okay. people eat. Uh, there's even places for entertainment. And he eventually leads you to the bridge. And when you get to the bridge, you see this real messed up person uh, almost uh, chained for lack of a better word uh, to this navigation cogitator uh, that is the ship's navigator. It's a psyker and they use the power of the warp and and uh, the astronomicon to navigate the ship while it's in the warp. Behind them on a long flight of stairs going up on a gigantic throne is Grimarius Cantil, the, the head inquisitor. And he is gigantic. He would make a space marine look small. And he stands up. He's got this amalgamation of futuristic war gear mixed with like a medieval armor. Uh scars all over his face and he makes his way down the stairs and introduces himself formally and invites you to sit down with him at this table to get something to eat. Uh, It's been a long time since you've had solid food. You've been getting injections, uh, protein injections while in the healing chamber. Oh, okay. In your arm. Okay. I was worried there. So I, Bannon will act however he feels is customary to act. So, like, I bow. He waves. Yes, yes. You don't have to do that. Is my colleague okay? The orc? Yes. Yes. It was questionable judgment to invite him onto the ship. I can understand that. Orcs are not to be trusted. However, he saved your life, so at minimum, we can put him to work. Okay. I appreciate that. He did prove to be a valiant asset. He did disable the satellite. And I don't know if that helped, but I could see that Ghost was not happy when the power started to go out. So it would appear that Ghost is a psyker. Is that what you call it? A witch. This is all new to me. And Bannon is obviously in complete awe. This is beyond his wildest dreams. Sabatania still exists for the moment. He pulls up a... a Pitcaster, and you can see images of the planet. We are in uh, impasse, I'm afraid. The ship is damaged and cannot enter the warp. We need to go back to Sabatania and retrieve the required parts to fix the ship. However, at any moment, another relay can be started, and I'm not sure what's going to happen. We took a blood sample from you to make sure that you were not corrupted. And? Everything's fine. Well, Cyrus contacted us. Uh, he tried getting in touch with you, and when he found out what happened, he contacted us directly. 
I guess you had requested he do some experiments with these nanomachines. Yes, I did. Uh, so it turns out they cannot be unbinded from the blood cells. However, the only way that these nanomachines can attach to blood cells is through a direct intravenous injection of the drug. The infestation may not be as bad as we believe. I'm not sure the different ways you can take this drug, but if it's smoked or inhaled in some way, we don't believe that the nanomachines will be prevalent in the bloodstream. It's only through intravenous injection. So at this point, I'll, I'll come clean. And I tell him, I say, I, I, would, I would have your tech priests keep a close eye on myself. I am more than willing to you know, provide whatever samples would be necessary to make sure that I have not been corrupted. At one point, Genevieve had saved me. There was an explosion um, at an area that stored a uh, significant amount of wizard. And I'm afraid that there is the possibility that I did breathe in a, a decent amount of the drug. You're afraid there's a possibility you... Well, I guess my fear truly lies in the fact that if these nanomachines seem to affect the blood on an intravenous level and we're unaware of their effect on any other method of getting into the into the body, I would be the perfect guinea pig for your tech priests to keep an eye on to see if, in fact, there is some sort of long-term... So you did ingest wizard? I believe so. I was in close proximity to wizard that had exploded. And I was rendered unconscious because I was thrown from the area and hit my head rather hard. Genevieve had helped me. Did you suffer any side effects? Not to my knowledge. Give me deception. <laughs> Difficulty one. I pass and I can shift. Okay. All right, very good. Uh, we will monitor your health. Did we find the heretical writings? I was unable to locate them. After making contact with the tech priest, we secured the vehicle to head over to the satellite. I believe those heretical writings. I have volumes of those. I don't care so much about the writings. However, I am curious to see if there is a link between that purple stone that you encountered in the Gorgonid mm -hmm. mine and this wizard. And I would wonder if those heretical writings contain that answer. Well, if you choose to have me retrieve the parts needed for the ship. Again, I will make that my mission to find those writings. I don't think we have a choice. We cannot leave. We cannot enter the warp. And the time it would take us to get from this plant to the next, we would die five times over. Mm -hmm. Even at full speed. So I need those battery relays. I think the time for discretion is over. You must use the full authority of our office to get the equipment needed. This planet is not industrious. I'm not sure if we can even find the part. So rather than die a slow death here, we will all go down to the planet and be there to join the Omnissiah. Take some time, get acquainted with the ship, and when you're ready, we'll redeploy. Okay. Take my leave. All right. Uh, so you're given a map of the ship. And basically, like I said, it's, you're in a city. So we are going to get into your 
uh, rarity and wealth. Mm. And we can go to the quartermaster and we can select war gear that's appropriate for redeploying back to Sabatania. Uh, all the gear that you have, if you're happy with it, that's fine. Um, this ship is old. It's been cut off by the uh, immaterium that, riff, uh, that ripped across the galaxy. So supplies are limited. As you complete missions uh, and regain order with the people in the Dark Imperium, more supplies will be made available. Uh, but for right now, we only have basic gear. All right. So now I have to find out. Amazingly enough, there's actually a, a, a heading in the index for, for wealth. Gear? For oh, wealth. For wealth. Amazing. Okay. Can make this fucking easy. <laughs> Unbelievable. What are you looking for? And now this doesn't make it. Rarity. Desired goods and services, ba ba ba. Each item of. Game masters can use these guidelines as a starting point to determine whether or not a character can find these items they wish to acquire. Rarity represents factors that affect the availability uh, an individual item, availability of an individual item or service. Rarity can mean merely that the item itself is not normally found for sale. Um, rarity affects the DN a game master sets for an item for purchase. They consider any factors such as time, craftsmanship, and bribes, as mentioned above, uh, for setting the initial difficulty number of an influence test to acquire something. So there's a DN penalty chart, this table. So common is plus zero, uncommon is plus two, rare plus three, very rare plus four, unique plus six. So it almost seems like you would set a DN, and then I would roll my influence dice and see what, le like, I don't even... Right. That kind of makes sense with uh, what we're doing here. Just to see, like, what level of... Yeah, I would say, as of right now, the highest rarity items, weapons, and armor they would have would be... You, you have, you're level five now. I have five influence. That would just give me the amount of dice that I would roll. Okay. So, like, if you said to find a common item on this ship that I can obtain is a DN of two, if I could find a rare item, it would be a DN of five. Like, according to this table, it would be plus three. Gotcha. And then I would roll my five influence dice to see if I can obtain a rare item. All right, so we'll say that uh, they go up to uncommon for right now. Okay. So okay. they have common and uncommon items and weapons. Right, and just so you know, after that, it's rare, very rare, and unique. I don't see anything that is unique, so maybe that's some Oh, no. Like an orc, a snaz gun is unique. <laughs> Fucking dude, their names are awesome. Because it's snazzy. <laughs> so right, well, I have a list of uh, weapons um, if you're interested in starting there. Right. I have that. It's right here. So to take the equipment that you had, we'll call it we'll, no rolls. Um, you can just get those back. Repaired. Okay. Cleaned. Ready to go. Uh, if you want to get something different, that's when we'll start doing like rolls and stuff like that. All right. So let me take a look really quick. I don't think I want anything heavy, right? Because it needs to be supported. Yeah, well, and now the nice thing is uh, the Inquisitor is right. giving you the green light. We don't have to be sneaky, sneaky anymore. We can go in with full Inquisitor emblazoned armor and ah. heavy flamers and just fucking march through the town square. Yeah, see, I and like And make that. shit happen. 
We've done enough sneaky sneaky. <laughs> Holy shit. Yes. A melter gun? The fuck is that? Assault and melter. Optimized for firing on the move. A hero armed with an assault firearm can fire from the hip while charging into the fray. Assault weapons can be fired as part of a run action, but they increase the attack's difficulty by two. And then melter. Melter weapons use burst, intense heat to char flesh, melt armor, and reduce vehicles to slag. Melter weapons add plus one to each ED result at close range. Melter weapons add an additional plus one to each ED result against vehicles and fortifications at close range. How big do you think that is? They have pictures of them, I think. Okay. Let's let's look for a melter gun. Yeah, here it is. Dude, they don't look that big at all. No, it, it looks like uh like a, almost like a submachine gun size. Alright, so that that's on the docket. Hold on. Alright, that might be the only like ranged weapon that I go for. Okay. And that's uncommon? That is uncommon. Okay. Value six, uncommon. All right, so the second use for influence is to haggle, barter, and other means, fair or foul, to purchase or acquire the item you seek. The item you seek. Um, influence, te <clears throat> influence test to acquire items. When making an influence test to acquire something, the rarity of the item or service you wish to acquire determines the test DN. Normally, you may only make an influence test to acquire goods or services during an appropriate circumstance, such as being present in a settled imperial system where goods and services are available or by having access to a merchant, trader, or other purveyor. Influence tests to acquire items may not be made during combat. Yeah, can you imagine during combat? You, give me your gun. <laughs> <laughs> to make an influence test to acquire an item, uh, use the following steps. Establish the DN. First, the GM should take into account the rarity rating of the item or service. Uh, the item's rarity can impose a DN penalty on the influence test. Two, check the matching keyword. Okay. Um, three, spend assets or wealth. The character may spend assets or permanently reduce their wealth to affect the outcome of the influence test. To add dice. Right. Yeah. Number four, make the influence test and apply shifts. Um, for any influence test or for an influence test, any shifted dice may replenish spent wealth. Uh, shifts used in this way cannot increase wealth beyond. Okay. And five, apply or complications rather. Which, that's my fucking forte. <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically, you take an item, you're going to set a DN for it, I'm going to take my influence, I can add wealth if I wanted to, or permanently minus one for my assets. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to worry about that, um, because we're on a, a ship. So, uh, all right, so you want this melter gun. Yeah, I think I will attempt to... And you have five dice? I have five. All right, so it's an uncommon? Uncommon. Difficulty two. Typical. I pass with a complication. How does it even work? I think I know how it works. I wonder. Hold on. Hold on. Can I use... Oh, no. I have no wrath. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> so... Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I gotta think. The only thing that makes sense is... Uh, like, he has one, but the only one he has is neon pink. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> okay, you know what? He has one, uh, but it cannot take any attachments. Wow. 
Okay. That's oh, fair. How many guns? How many attachments come on a gun? Two. You can get two. All right, so I can only accept one attachment. Okay. That seems, that Until seems maybe fair. like down the road, I could see like some sort of gun. Sure. Stuff. Yeah. All right, I like that. Uh, are you interested in looking at attachments? Uh, yes. Here's what he has: a dueling grip, a muzzle brake. Dueling grip, you said. Yes. Uh, dueling grip is a customized grip for this gun that provides a greater accuracy. So it gives you a plus one dice to ranged attacks. Okay. He has a percussive muzzle brake. Uh, that is... It assists with recoil. And that's why it increases the salvo by one, right? Yes. Uh, he has a red dot sight. And he has man stopper rounds. All right. I will attempt to acquire the man stopper rounds. All right. Uh, difficulty two. I passed gloriously. Good. So we don't have to make them boy stop arounds. <laughs> uh, as far as armor goes, he has a uh, flak coat, flak armor, and ca uh, your carapace armor that's been cleaned and emblazoned with the glorious symbol of the Inquisition. Yes. Yes. Yeah? Yeah, just the carapace armor. Okay. Right, because none of it, you can't stack it. Right. I just want to look at melee weapons really quick, because mine are kind of... All right. Can I make a trade with this fine fella? Make a trade? Yeah, sure. I will trade him my chain sword for a shock mole. I think you have a shock mole already. You got a shock mole from... Uh... Oh, shit. Ghost's Factory, I believe. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry, Manufactorum. Yeah, use the proper terminology. Okay. Let me put that in. I'm just going to get rid of my knife. I'll keep the knife, but it's more like... Okay. So I would imagine that yes. you have traded in your duster coat for like an imperial or an inquisitorial cloak, perhaps. Yeah, something hooded. With the colors and the symbols emblazoned upon it. Lots of purity seals yes. everywhere. Like you're going all in. I'm like the, the mini Inquisitor now. Okay. Just try, I see what he's doing. This is all new to me. So I just try to have my cloak designed just like him, but, you know, like the same colors, you know, right. just to okay, show so that they I'm, won't they won't do that, but because <laughs> you can't look cooler than him. Uh, but the tailors... Uh, spikes on it. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> shoulder spikes. Uh, maybe like your coat is now like red. With like gold piping, oh, and it's got like on the on the sleeves, it's got the Inquisitor seal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's good. So you get all your your gear squared away, and over the intercoms, the, I'm sorry, the Voxcasters. Yes. Uh, you hear. Acolyte Spayburn to Medbay. Acolyte Spayburn to Medbay. All right. So I look at the merchant. It was a pleasure. And he, you know, fuck you. Good. <laughs> Just the way I like it. And, uh, yeah, I head down to the med bay. So there's, uh, there's a tech priest down there. And uh, he, he waves you in. And uh, he motions for you to sit down in a chair. And I do. And he says, uh, some interesting results came from uh, our body scans. 
you have an inordinate amount of scar tissue on your brain. Do you ever recall having any traumatic head injuries? It could have been from my encounter with the Psyker. No, it's old scar tissue. No, not that I can recall. Interesting. Do you suffer from headaches? No. Memory loss? No. Amnesia? No. Uncontrollable arm movements? No, I don't take Lyrica. <laughs> Sudden cardiac death. <laughs> okay. Um, as long as you don't have any symptoms, uh, I just wanted you to know that we found this on you. Is this something that I should be worried about? If it's not affecting you, then no. I mean, it's it's old. You've been dealing with it for a long time, so... How much scar tissue is there? A lot. Uh, if you look here, and he projects up an image of a normal brain, and he puts up one for you, and uh, it's about the size of, like, um, like the circumference of, like, a teacup mm. blacked out on... on towards like the front of your brain we, we can't figure out what would have caused this um, but if you don't recall anything or no okay alright well that's it okay thanks for the info anytime by any chance I take it that cannot be reversed no it's it's scar tissue it's, it's, it's already whatever happened already happened right can't scoop out that part of my brain. I wouldn't recommend it. No. Okay. I mean, if you're willing to sacrifice yourself. No, then. thank you. Okay. Thank you, though. All right. So I will, uh, I guess, make my way back to the bridge. Uh, if you're ready to redeploy, then you can go to the loading bay. Okay, that's where I'll head. Uh, as you go there, there's some other acolytes standing there. And uh, one of them waves to you and says, uh, You're uh, Bannon? Yes. Uh, well, we have good news. Um, you're not going to have to go alone. Uh, Genevieve is going to go with you. Excuse me? Genevieve. Genevieve. Parker. Uh, allow me to explain. Uh, after we uh, extracted you, uh, we sent a team down and recovered her body, and we repurposed her skull. And now we have a servo skull that is, in fact, Genevieve's skull. It has no memories, of course, but... But it goes by we, Genevieve. Uh... X51, but it, it's Genevieve's uh, <clears throat> X51, and here comes this little skull with little articulating arms. Gonna make it any creepier. Okay. So, uh, uh, X51, this is this is Bannon, and the servo skull kind of flies up in front of your face and is just kind of like hovering, looking at you, and uh, it doesn't move. It's from speakers somewhere. Uh, Good evening, Bannon. Sounds just like her. Just like Genevieve. Not quite. Oh, okay. So it's it's her head. Uh, no skin. It's just her skull. This used to be Genevieve. Oh, okay. So looking at this skull... It, it is a skull. Right. Okay. Yeah. You just get the pleasure of knowing that it at one time was Genevieve. Good. No, I appreciate making a connection between us. Thank you. <laughs> That's really nice. Uh, yeah, so this this uh, servo skull is great. He can, uh, he? I guess she. Yeah, good. Yeah, uh, X five one can uh, speak. Uh, can act as a vox caster, uh, and also plays uh, hymns on oh. a loop. 
Good. Uh, upon request, of course. Right. Right. Okay. So I'll be deploying with X51. Yes. And? Oh, uh, it's also going to monitor your health. Uh, the Inquisitor mentioned that you might be concerned about your health, so it's going to constantly monitor your health. Oh, that's good. That's good news. Who else is part of the party? Oh, that's it. So the Inquisitorial Welcome Party for the planet is myself and X51. Yes. Yep. Okay. And what's our mission? Uh, you have to get the Centaurian battery relays for the Inquisitor. Do we know where they are? Uh, you're from this planet. I have no idea. Okay. Well, I appreciate your help. Maybe yeah. the Servo Skull will help me. How about, uh, how about Boots, my friend Boots? Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he's in the docking bay uh, working on our... Oh, so you put him to good use. Transport ships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. He's having a great time. Very nice. All right, I'll be on my way. Okay. And you hop into this uh, this transport ship and <laughs> down to the planet we go. And it drops you back off in Levinus 7, Levinus 8. What do you th Probably not. Right. Let's go to seven up. Isn't that where I'm from? Or am I from six? Nope. Where was I from? Six, seven, eight. There is no nine. We learned that. We did learn no nine. Uh, eight. Oh. Seven is the where we just were. That's a little desolate. Right, right. All right, so we'll go to eight. All right. Really, Genevieve's skull. That's nice touch. Nice touch. All right, so the sole purpose here is to... Um, <clears throat> uh, we're nuking the planet. That's what's happening. But we don't want to do it unless we can get out. And we can't get out unless we get these battery relays. Okay. So the whole point here is to find the relays and bring them back to the ship. Correct. All right. Let's go. And that is where we will stop for the day. Well done. Okay. Can I point out that for the last two weeks, I have not rolled a one. You haven't rolled at all on this episode. So far, so good. Which is crazy because I'm fairly drunk. <laughs> so You're not speaking slowly. You're just kind of going. No, I'm just rolling with it. And yeah. I've yet to fucking roll. And I'm at the point now where I almost forgot like what we have to roll. I think a seven, we which is every, odd because we do it every week, yeah, right? All, as always. Can't, can't remember it. Um, I almost had another great adventure for Harrison. That was the other episode. This is Bannon. Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just happy it, what do you think would happen we'll have to do a show one day maybe we'll get big enough that we'll um, we'll do a show in public mm. no you wouldn't want to do a show in public what if let's say we were at Comic Con okay right we got big enough they invited us to Comic Con and while we're there how do you think we would react if while we were recording some cunt decided to walk by wearing flip flops 
Do you think she would get something thrown at her? A D20 just tossed with <laughs> reckless abandon. Hopefully made out of steel. I think uh, if we ever did a live performance, it would probably be the last one. No. I don't know if that community would really embrace us. We have opinions, and we're loud and yeah. obnoxious. That wouldn't go over too well. Um, yeah, it would take one tangent. Mm. If we stuck to the script... Yeah, we'd be okay. Here's what we're drinking. Because really, like, if you look at our show production notes, it yeah, is yeah. drink, smoke, toast, gameplay, close. Yes. Somehow we always find ourselves in these bizarre tangents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The tangents are what get us in trouble. Wait, no, they don't get us into trouble. The tangents are what people don't want to hear. And yet it's all we want to talk about. That's all I want to talk about. <laughs> the tangents. I really just want to like dive into these like obscure veins of a tangent. Right. And just roll with well, it. Well, you're the kind of guy that ends up in a 10-minute long conversation about why you use a mirror for Coke. It's an honest question. It is. You it know? Is. It, and we need answers. Do you have an answer for it yet? No. Maybe it looks like the Coke is bigger. Like, I don't understand. I want to Google it, but I'm not going to. I don't think you want that on your phone. <laughs> I'm going to have to do some research. We're going to look into this. Dude, can I tell you that I'm very, very excited to do this uh, creep show? Really? Yeah, yeah. The, the more I think about it, the more excited I'm getting for it. Especially the fact that I can't remember. I remember the Indian or indigenous person. I remember that fucking red fuck. I remember him. I vaguely remember the hitchhiker. But I don't remember the kids. Thanks for the ride, yeah. lady. I vaguely remember that. But the whole kids, like, I don't. So this is going to be very And fun. you're not going to watch it in preparation. No. No, 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 no. I'm not going to go anywhere near it. I'm not going to go anywhere near it. Okay. I was thinking about it. I was like, should I watch this like 10 times before we record? But A, um, I have Breakpoint to play. Yeah. So that affords me no time. And B, no, no, no. I just want to go into this raw, you know? So, so that's going to be fun. I'm excited about our giveaway. I'm excited about watching Creep Show Two with you, um, and I, I like the what's the word the juxtaposition of you having seen it numerous times and me yes. seeing it once over 20 years ago. So th- this is going to be a good time. It's going to be very exciting. And if you can't watch it, if you listen to us in your car, uh, you can always save the episode for when you have uh, roughly an hour and a half. I mean, we're still going to do an intro. We're going to do a toast. We're going to yeah, talk yeah. about what we're drinking and smoking. Um, I guess we'll probably watch it here in the West Cabin so we can have our pipes with us, right? Of course. Uh, that seems to be the way to... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll put it like on the on the trunk or something like that so we can see it or... We can sit next to each other. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's extenuating circumstances. All right, well, well we're, we're going to make this work. Or hey, we can each just watch it on our phones across from each other like fucking weirdos. Dude, that, that would be funny. You have Amazon Prime, right? Yeah. Okay, all right, so do I. Yeah, I guess technically... No, I don't want to do that. We'll, we'll sit next to each other. We'll watch it. Maybe we'll put it on the computer or whatever. Yeah. We'll figure it out. I would almost consider buying like a portable DVD player and getting it on DVD. Do I have one? Hmm. I might have one. Do you think they still sell those? Or are those out there with like the, the Discmans? They might be with the Discman. That might be something that you only find on like eBay. Or like some bootleg generic piece of shit version on, on uh, like Amazon. Right. You know, so. All right. Yep. So. Yes. Um, two 
Labor Day. White or black? I don't. What are you supposed to wear? Not race. Cause it's white. It's black. No, wait, no. How's that song go? It doesn't matter if you're black or what? white. Michael Jackson. It doesn't oh. matter if you're black or white. Did he die in a bathtub? And they motivated me to go and admitted that the Billie is not my lover. <laughs> it doesn't matter saying? if she's black or white. I think you combine like three songs. Dice. <laughs> and pipes. 